Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another great show for you today. It's Monday, so you know it's part one of our podcast series this week. And that also means we have our cousin of the show on the show. I just said show twice. So cousin I'll, of the show on the show. Cousin of the show on the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dr. K. Hey. What's going on? I'm here. Hey. Back in my favorite podcast. Hey, there it is. It's very nice. Yes, yes. Here. Yes, yes, yes. What I like to say is that uh, this is this is this is your mother's mother's favorite podcast. That's right. Yeah. So add it up. That's your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Yes, yes. We have uh, some some great, great, great uh, topics for you today. Very today. Yeah, yeah, some great headlines. Uh, so we have uh, the CDC. They are not issuing any more uh, vaccination cards. Does so, that mean COVID is over? Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, mission accomplished. Where's George Bush? Right. <laughs> also, also, um, attorney, Get a banner. Uh, uh, attorney Ben Crump. Um, is representing Tennessee State University against the state Very of Tennessee. interesting. Yes, yes, yes. And the thing is, when I looked at this, I was like, all those jokes about HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Yo, seems like there was some kind of intentionality. There you go. Hey, but we'll, we'll get, talk about it. Right, right. <laughs> we, we will get into that. And, mm. and, and, and then finally, speaker box. The love below. Listen, <laughs> this album can rock. Yeah, yeah, and 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 this this is what they mean by by classic. Like yes. like a classic song is a song that's still relevant today when it came out. You that's know. Right. Years, years ago. Uh, wow. uh, so I refuse to believe that the album was 20 years ago. I refuse. <laughs> I do not accept it, Marquise. I don't. I had to rethink it, but I was like, you know what? I had to carry the one. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, man, M M. No, no. How is America getting older when I'm getting younger? How's that? I know. How y'all I, doing that? Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. So. Folks, we're gonna give you what you need, give you what you want, give you what you did not know existed. So, welcome to the Melanin Report, and here's our first headline. The CDC stops printing COVID-19 vaccination cards. So let's get into it. It's the end of an era for a once critical pandemic document. The ubiquitous white COVID-19 vaccination cards are being phased out. Now that COVID-19 vaccines are not being distributed by the federal government, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has stopped printing the cards. The federal government shipped more than 980 million cards between late 2020 when the first vaccines came out through May 10th, according to the latest available data from the CDC. So just going to put a pin in it right there and get into this commentary to CDC has now affected uh, some people's uh, profit margins, have affected some people's businesses because fake vaccination cards... Was a big thing. Was big People business. were stealing these cards. <laughs> I worked at a, a couple of places where we had to do the issuing of the cards, mm-hmm. and there were several people who were taking them from the facility. Oh, wow. That worked, like, inside. Them, and were giving them... Using them. Oh, wow. And selling them and whatever else during that time. <laughs> it's craziness. Who, you know, who had, it was it was literally like, oh, I got them COVID-19 vaccine cards on the low. You know what I mean? Yo, it was like that. I was in L.A. for my <laughs> birthday. I was in L.A. for my birthday. And and it seemed like almost every every other corner, they, they, they were like, yo. I got them cards for the low. Right. I got them cards for the low. I got them cards for the low. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm fine. It's like, I got some weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you don't need more them cards. I like, got something else for like, you. Wait, what you need? You led with the cards? Yeah. That's what you that's what you thought was the important part here? Very weird. You led with the cards. Very so, strange. So um, talk about burying the lead. <laughs> Jeez Louise. And like for for uh for some people, the article um uh, says that like they were selling the cards for up to two hundred dollars. Some some online sites three hundred dollars. You know, people I, made a quick buck yes, off of the cards. I just couldn't imagine. Like, yo, 
paying for a fake card or getting a free vaccine. Wildness to me. Yo. <laughs> I want to be able to fake like I got vaccine so I can infect all of you possibly. Uh, yo. That's what I, because how many cards went out? 980 million. <laughs> Not even that many people in the United States. You right. shipped 980 million cards? Well, and must be a worldwide thing. We're Let's sending see, them. U.S. population. <laughs> 331.9 million in 2021. Mm. So. 980 million. That's a third of the cars. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Huh. Where the rest of them cars went? They were selling them in the street. Yeah. They were, they were um, pilfering them from health facilities because it, ostensibly they shipped the car to a health center. Yeah. A hospital system. Mm-hmm. A community health center. Something like that. A yeah. clinic. Your family doctor. If they were giving out the vaccine because a lot of them didn't at first. Mm-hmm. So where the rest of them cars went? Hmm. It's an inside job. (laughs) (laughs) And then what I thought they should have done, and this is tell you how paper-based a lot of places still are. The my vaccination card is on my my chart app. Oh wow! So I never they they asked me if I wanted one, Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, if you're going to have it in the system anyway, do we need it? And they're like, well, maybe just in case. But I've only ever used my um, app. Oh, wow. And if you have TSA PreCheck mm-hmm. or you have Clear or any one of those global entry programs, any of those, you can upload your vaccination into the app if you have it in one of those systems like MyChart or whatever. Oh, wow. Well, I I didn't know that. I still have the same vaccine <laughs> card. <laughs> like, like I I held on to that uh, for, for dear life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now that I know uh, that I can get rid of it, I can, you can. get rid of it along with um, a bunch of other receipts and stuff that I don't need in my wallet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so before we go to our story number two, um, just a quick point here. The CDC notes that it does not keep vaccination records and says receipts should contact, well, excuse me, and says recipients should contact their state health department's immunization information systems, the IIS, if they want to keep track of their COVID-19 shots. So, so the CDC doesn't know how many COVID shots you took. No. You know? PSS does, though. Yeah. Yeah. That system certainly does. <laughs> so follow up on that and and get checked up. Our second story of the day, our second headline of the day. Google and Howard University are changing the future of voice technology with Project Elevate Black Voices. This one's interesting because I can't tell you how many times and I feel as though that I quote unquote speak well. You know, uh, I quote unquote speak the king's English. You, you, <laughs> you know, so Not the king's English. So like when when Alexa and and when Siri doesn't understand what I'm talking about, I'm like what you talking about, Willis? Yeah, what you, what's going on here? Right. So let's get into it. The CDC, uh, excuse me, uh, um, Google and Howard University will announce a dynamic partnership entitled Project Elevate Black Voices. The collaboration has one underlining principle to make it easier for black folks to use automatic speech recognition technology <laughs> in order to successfully use voice products. We frequently have to code switch to be understood. Google's own research confirmed that black people's experience with ASR, which is, again, um, uh, the speech recognition technology, the automatic speech recognition technology, ASR, is worse when compared to white users and is working diligently to change that. In conjunction with Howard, the tech company embarked on Project EBV, which will assemble a premium African-American English, AAE, speech database. In addition, the renowned HBCU will be able to share the database while creating a blueprint for responsible data collection. Oh, yeah. This is this is a common experience for us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I was going to the grotto and I said, Siri, take me to the grotto. She says, taking you to the gravel yard. <laughs> Girl, I didn't say gravel yard. That's not what I said. Why would I want to go to a gravel? What is a gravel yard? What is that? that was going to be my next question. Uh, what is a gravel yard? I was yard? like, Siri, what is a gravel yard? And she's went. I will look it up on the Internet. I was like, <laughs> you're about to take me there and you don't even know what it is, Siri. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Um, um, my wife Whitney, you, you know she she has she has that Philadelphia twang, you know. So so when uh, she she says something in her uh, Philadelphia twang, like like something something simple like store, you know, she she's just stora, 
you know? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> ain't, that how, ain't that how you say it? <laughs> Give me the direction. And, 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 you know, Alexa computes it in her own way. Absolutely. And, like... Here's a song by Madonna. Like, what? Correct. You're like, huh? No. I never asked that. I've said liquor store into um, liquor store into mm. Siri more times than I can ever remember. I've, <laughs> I've finally learned after years in Pennsylvania to say wine and spirits. <laughs> wine and spirits. That'll right. get me to the liquor store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, um, also, 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 uh, one of the most impressive characteristics uh, of the alliance is that uh, Howard University will retain ownership and licensing of the database. And they say That's that. That's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Absolutely. And they say that we want to make sure that we are creating these inclusive experiences. And my thing is, is that, like, you know, um, I'm going to look at this as the uh, cup half empty yeah. right now. Um, why hasn't something like this been implemented Years cool. ago, you know what I would say. <laughs> Let's think about why we couldn't cut. It's the same reason why we couldn't cut on the water from the hand recognition machines in the bathroom because yeah. they don't think about people of color when they do any of this stuff. It's the same stuff we were talking about last month with the technology. It's yeah. the, it's the same problem. Right. They do not think about black and brown people, their bodies, their voices, their faces, their whatever, when they're making. Any of these technological advancements, and it's very scary. Same thing with ChatGPT. Same thing mm. with with MidJourney. MidJourney has is actually much better than a lot of other um, AI technology. That's the pictures and stuff. Mm. They're a lot better, but it's been a journey with mm. all of these, all of these these um, advanced technological advancements. Right. I um <clears throat> I forget what the movie is. Uh, uh but um but there was this movie um and 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 this guy he was on the board. Uh, and it was a board of of ten people, and and this guy said that his his duty on the board is to is to look at things completely negative. If the board agrees, nine out of the ten agree, it was his job to look at like stuff negatively. You know, well this could happen, that could happen, this could happen, that could happen. I'm I'm looking at this and and, and these technology systems and, and, and I'm like, shouldn't there be like that one person? Hey, yo, like, Jamal. <laughs> like, uh, but wait, you've got to ask Jamal. What about the BIPOC people? What shout about out, the yes. black people? Shout out to Elon James White. That's why he. That's why he had the whole segment <laughs> on his show called Hey, yo, Jamal. They have no Jamal. Yeah, they have no Jamal to be like, yo, have you considered? Or if they have a Jamal, Jamal is the token who is probably scared to speak. Yeah. Um, and so they don't privilege voices in these spaces. And not just voices. It's starting at the level of who are who are going through the programs mm. in the colleges. Who are you allowing into these programs? Yeah. What genius are you preferring? Right? Because yeah. we do. We, in this country, we prefer a certain type of genius. Yes. Not everybody's a genius. Yes. And people who probably should be geniuses and would be lauded a genius in another setting don't get the opportunity here because they're not white. Yeah. That's all. And or not a man. Right. It's just recently, too, that women have been, you know, and recently within a generation and a half that women have been considered seriously. Think um, hidden figures, Mm. especially women of color in um, scientific advancement. These are some of the most difficult when you think there's a I will get the sister's name. I should have looked it up. I thought about it when I was reading this earlier. The the sister who has done the extensive research on the number of missing patents mm. in the black community, um, it is staggering. It's staggering how much research and um, and technological advancement and uh, ingenuity um, has been lost. In, d- due to the fact that they rob people of, of of availing themselves of the patent process in this country and money, yeah. it all goes back to people have gotten rich off of of certain ideas that one may they it may there may be some um, uh, evidence that claims that they weren't their own and two the the patents and the copywriting and all those other systems that would uh, one of one of one of what I used to think before I heard her research was one of the purest ways to prove that you are a, 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 an um, a expert in your field and can mm-hmm. create and can and and move society forward in those very important ways was robbed in just another way. Yes. Um, and so when I when I look at this, I'm thinking of the 
the the the chain of custody and how we have uh, of how we have systematically kept black and brown people it's mm. it, the end product and what we're seeing is we are not represented in this in these softwares but the beginning of that is how we've kept black and brown kids out of stem yeah how we have um not to let, let them into certain college uh, colleges the the MITs the these high end a lot where a lot of these experts and and uh, gurus come from yeah and then going down the line we don't include don't in- so if that's happening then they're not going to be included in the research yeah they're not going to be included in implement the products that come out of that research they're not going to be included in implementation and they're not going to be included in use yeah. so you can go literally Start like a domino right a domino effect of the chain of custody is 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 corrupted mm. and um the way the reason why we're seeing what we see now this is probably the third story we've done on the show about uh, two i think it's two or three about why black folks ain't why brown folks ain't and um Absolutely. included in these uh and that's for a reason because the the chain of custody is broken it is corrupted mm. the chain of custody is broken mm-hmm. i almost don't want to read any stats because <laughs> i just want to like leave it leave it right there cuz that is that is that is true so um so i'm going to um leave leave y'all with uh this accents Accents can lead to bias. Yes. Accent and language bias lives in the human race that creates these technologies. So, for example, research shows that the presence of an accent affects whether jurors find people guilty and whether patients find their doctors competent. So recognizing these biases would be an important way to avoid implementing them in technology. So what we're seeing here is 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 unaddressed biases um, be being placed in these technologies and there's no Jamal to say, uh, but wait a minute. But Ain't wait a no minute. Jamal. <laughs> Ain't no Jamal. I like that. <laughs> <sighs> again, again, that is not my own. That is Elon James White. Mm. You know, rest in peace to his very amazing show. And our third story of, of the day, our third headline Attorney Ben Crump to represent Tennessee State University against Tennessee, against the state of Tennessee. Ooh, what did they do? Let's get into it. My goodness. According to the Tennessean, Tennessee State University, a historically black university, is owed $2 billion, with a B, in back pay following years of underfunding. Leading this pursuit is civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who visited the university to speak to staff and students about the situation. In September, U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona and U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Thomas Vilsack sent a letter requesting that 16 state governments account for the underfunding of several HBCUs after the Second Moral Act of 1890. This act provided federal land grants to institutions amid segregation. However, funding to HBCUs compared to predominantly white institutions has historically been disproportionate, with black universities bearing the brunt of it, according to the Nashville scene. So here's a point here before we go to our commentary. Between 1997 and 2020 alone, over $30 billion disappeared from eight different HBCUs nationwide. TSU itself is owed the most compensation of these underfunded universities at a staggering $2.1 billion from the past three decades. 2.1. Well, whatever is happening, it is obviously systematic. Yes. Yes. It's obvious. That seems to be the 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 theme here. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that like when people say, you know, when we say it's systematic, it's systematic, systematic, like. Like that, that is um, a overarching theme here That's because right. there's right. people in the system right. that make the system the system. So and then use any loopholes, yes, or create the loopholes to be used in the system, yeah, right? um, in order to systematically say why somebody should or shouldn't get a thing, right? And it is, it always turns out to be, it always turns out to be bias. Yeah. It always turns out to be prejudicial. It always turns out to be discriminatory. And people are still aghast every time. Every time. Right? Why, why are you talking about white structural racism? Why are you talking about structural this and structural that? Because it's structural. Redlining, structural. Yeah. 
um, and all of the problems that redlining has caused, the way the GI Bill was uh, was uh, delineated, mm. structural. Come on. We could go on and on. Yeah. It's structural. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me very angry, to be it, very honest. <laughs> and um and one of our previous shows, you brought out that quote uh from from James Baldwin. You know, um To be a Negro in America is to be enraged most all the time. Yeah, yeah, be- because you you realize and you see these systems like when you go into the housing system when you look for a house and everything like you consciously know that i may face some kind of you know insert bias here when you go to the bank you know it's going to be okay i may face some kind of insert bias here absolutely you know every time you walk out of your house 100 percent. you know there, there there could be you know, some kind of bias that you're faced with. And here, the education, the higher educational system where we send our best and brightest to learn and to carry on our legacy in this country. Yeah. Now you're telling me that we have sorely, absolutely, sorely underfunded these institutions for decades while at the same time yes. making jokes about how these said institutions don't have X, Y, and Z. Yep. Like this 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 is insidious. It is. It is it is oh I'm trying to think of a word <laughs> that would even capture it is the most I don't even know. People treat it like normal, so you can't even like it's blatant or it's in your face. People treat this like this is how it's supposed, supposed to be. To yes. Right, like yes. you're supposed to do these things, and I often, I often tell folks the fact that you don't even, you can't even conceptualize why this is problematic, mm. tells you that that it, it's it's another symptom, another proof point of the systemic nature in which these and how these operate. Yeah. You think this is normal, and when people point out to you, you're like, well, does that mean I get less? You're not even thinking about how we don't have to do that. I had this, um, I had this person tell me um that me me advocating for us advocating for what we were all advocating for and are still advocating for and have been advocating for in 2020 around equality and justice mm. that it was uncomfortable it was uncomfortable and i need to rethink how i approached being an activist and not make people uncomfortable mm. and part of addressing this stuff is it makes people uncomfortable when you point out systemic change points hopefully because i always want to talk about it, not just issues but points that we can change things the reason people say this is, jp go back to jp morgan chase i think i told this story on the show they were directed to update and they and they even pledged 60 million dollars to update their systems because they had been found with systemic issues in how they banked and how mm. they did not bank with people of color yeah. and they pledged $60 billion to correct these issues and blah, 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 or $30 billion to do it. And um, they then said, well, the reason, and they were sued because they didn't, they didn't, they were taken to court um, because they weren't moving fast enough. And when asked why they didn't upgrade their systems, why they didn't do the things needed in order to be less discriminatory in the way they banked um, or didn't bank in communities of color or or treated um, black and brown folks when they came into the to their banks wanting services, they said it was too difficult. It was too much paperwork. Yeah. It was too much to do. Racism is so hard to get rid of, they say. <laughs> <laughs> Some I just saw a tweet that said, you know, if we can just like throw things at the moon and blow them up just to, you know, see what happens, <laughs> we can probably give everybody housing yes. and pay a fair wage and do these other things just to, you know, see what happens. See what happens. <laughs> you know, as soon as as soon as as soon as you start talking about affordable housing, what is the next sentence that follows it? Oh, well, getting affordable housing, it's so difficult. It's impossible. And, 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 it's the most impossible thing to ever come. But it was not impossible. And this is where I get my bag. It wasn't impossible to bail out the banks huh. in 2008 who were defrauding people of affordable housing. But you bailed them out, though. Right. Interesting. Right, right. Um, What I like to say is we sent a man to the moon. That part. (laughs) With with, with less technology that is in all of our pockets right now. That's exactly right. So, you you know. um, Anything is is possible, as they say. (laughs) Right, right. I hope they get their money. Uh, Yes, Hmm. all all of it. Because that was done on purpose. That wasn't wasn't some kind of, oh, oops, oops. Yeah, 
we we two 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 billion dollars over twenty something years. Ooh, oh my my bad. I didn't I, I didn't right. see those commas and those decimal points there. Pol- apologize. I want to know who who whom or what institution. Oh yeah, that who money right that money went to. I love uh, I love what the state of Maryland. Um, does now. I, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but they've been doing it uh, since since I've been at Morgan State. Graduated yeah. there from two two thousand ten. Um, what the state of Maryland does, uh, each 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 school within the um, uh, state of Maryland higher education system, they have like a specific niche uh, so that schools aren't aren't um, aren't you know overshadowing, yeah. overpowering other schools. Right. So. That's really cool. It it is mm-hmm. like the journalism school. Um, b- believe it or not, is Townsend. You know, oh. um, uh, so they 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 um, dedicated journalism and everything like that to Townsend. Morgan State. That's really neat. That's the engineering school. So like there there are people that graduated from College Park University of Maryland, yeah. and then got their master's degree from Morgan State in engineering because that's that that's their thing. Wow. And, and and that has really bolstered Morgan State being a part of the Maryland um Maryland collegiate uh, uh state yeah. s- state system. So um I would love to see um a a a uh, a bumped up version of of that mm-hmm. a, a more robust version of, of that um just across the board. Absolutely. Uh, be, be, so interesting. Right, right. Be, because That's now, really cool. now they they can compete. Yeah. You know. Um, but That's really a great idea. But also, uh, the powers that be were cognizant. Systemic. You know, and oh, wow. Look at that word <laughs> look again. Look at that word again. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some more uh, sis- systemic uh, right. fallacies. I'll, jeez, jeez, jeez. I'll call this. Uh, I don't so, really like that you chose this one. Oh, uh, man. I didn't like that. Uh, it's... it's um, but but I I chose this because I was like I feel as though that this isn't an isolated of issue. Of course not. You know, so And by the way, to roll into this story too, mm-hmm. if they are successful in their suit, that's yeah. gonna cause a cascade. Yes. Because it's happening all over the country. Yeah. Right? Not isolated. Right. Anyway, let's keep talking about this one. Yes. Uh so our fourth story, our fourth headline of the day. Baton Rouge cops brutalized black people in custody in a torture warehouse. And this is according to a lawsuit. So let's get into it. A set of lawsuits has been filed against the Baton Rouge Police Department, some of its officers and the city. These lawsuits reveal shocking allegations of physical abuse, torture and sexual humiliation by police officers against black individuals in custody. This uh, these lawsuits, uh, uh, these lawsuits obtained by Atlanta Black Star were filed by Turnell Brown and Jeremy Lee in the United States District Court for the Middle District of Louisiana. Both complaints provide details of heinous abuse within a location referred to as the Brave Cave, which is described as a torture warehouse or black site. It was where certain Baton Rouge officers took detainees, caught off their communication with the outside world, denied them legal counsel, and then subjected them to physical beatings. Jeez, jeez. The officers named in these suits include former officer Troy Lawrence Jr., Matthew Wallace, Joseph Carboni, and police chief Murphy Paul. Brown's suit also mentions an unnamed female officer. The suits that not only the suits that not only did the officers and top brass know about the warehouse's use for detainees, but they also made coordinated efforts to shield knowledge of its existence. I don't. I don't. And this is all in the lawsuit. You know, um, um, again, what James Baldwin uh, has 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 quoted, you know, uh, this this when I read this, you know, um, one of the first things that came to mind was this could happen to me. And that was one of uh, the, the hardest gut punch That's right. um, that, that I experienced so far, you know, reading, reading and researching these stories uh, during this uh, short time of the Melanin Report. Um, I, I usually don't insert myself in stories, um, but... But I have I have heard about torture chambers in 
Baltimore, you know, um, cops, cops taking people down to the port. You know, um, I've heard that in Philadelphia as well, you know, taking people down to the port. You know, so so like there's there's been talks and discussions and other lawsuits in in cities with with similar issues. Absolutely. And, and this just isn't like a, um, a black man thing, because one of the people uh, turn now, she's a grandmother. Yeah. You know, so this just isn't. Oh, well, they're just picking up young black dudes that are selling whatever on the corner, no, they are they are literally picking people off the street and torturing them. I have some points here, but let's get uh, let's get Dr. K in here. Uh, to <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really want to, but <laughs> fine. Um, so the movie's coming out on Amazon Prime soon, I'm sure, because every time something like this happens, Amazon Prime immediately yep, yep. puts up a version of it that's eerily similar. Yeah. Um, but but what is very captivating about this is the one I think in every major city that I've ever lived in or have family in there are stories like these yeah from from New York City all the way to Miami right it's not just a South no. thing right no and so I don't I people listening here I I want to say without question this is why defund and abolish the police movements exist yeah because how many people does it take to keep something like this under wraps for so long. This is our yesterday. Right. How long were people knowing about this and knowing what their fellow officers were doing and they were not constantly blaring the information about what was happening? Right. This is what always, I'm not scared. Systemic. I'm, it's a, mm. I'm tired of the word. <laughs> how long was this going on? Right. And how long have things like this been going on across the country? And this is why I, I am a full supporter of abolishing our current systems of policing mm-hmm. and, 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 um, and, and the penal system. I'm a full supporter of that. Mm-hmm. Because if you can have something like this going on in one city in America, yeah. with, and now you have proof... Yeah. Um, and and we also know as black and brown people who move about things like the Green Book exist. Mm-hmm. The way the way that people have moved around and about this country for a few generations yeah. have dictated that you don't stop in certain places because the, po- the police was going to the yep. police were going to get you. Yeah, and you would disappear. Yeah, you wouldn't be found again in a lot of instances. Right. So I I. This is it's shock. It's a shock. The shock value, the sticker shock on here is real high. Mm -hmm. But is anyone surprised when we have the history and the culture of policing that we have in this country? Who's surprised? Policing in the North was born out of stopping, um, busting up union, unionizing, basically, Mm -hmm. and 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 busting up worker, worker. Advocacy. So, you know, and then policing in the South was born out of slave catching. So those aren't to me, those are two sides of the same coin. Mm. And when you have uh, institutions, entire institutions in your country that are literally based off of disenfranchising people, Mm. what else do they evolve into except systems that continue to disenfranchise people? What Mm. else? Yeah. What else is it going to be? So this face, this 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 makeup that we keep literally putting on the pig mm. of the police are here to help. Right. They're here to do these things for you and, and protect and serve. And the question is always very interesting. Protect and serve who? Right. Right. Who is being protected? Who is being, being served? served? And when you look at how institutions like these in our, our country were formed, how do you reform something that had terrible origins. Yeah. How does it happen? Yeah. Um, and the answer is it doesn't. As much reform as, we, reform as we've had in this country, the systems of um, policing and um, prisons have not been reformed. Yeah. They haven't been reformed. Well, one reform that they can um, start with is is stop playing basketball with kids in the and hood. And giving them ice cream and pulling people over and giving them presents. Because you don't do that in the suburbs. <sighs> I've yet to see a police officer shoot hoops 
in the suburbs. So what what what's the messaging there? Here's some here's some points before we move on to our next story. So point one, in Jeremy Lee's case, he recounts how officers Lawrence and Wallace apprehended him without probable cause in January, brought him to the warehouse and then subjected him to severe beatings, resulting in injuries that resulted in hospital treatment. And while in custody, all the officers involved turned off their body worn cameras. They proceeded to handcuff Lee, force him to the ground and humiliate him by removing his pants during a search. Both officers verbally abused Lee during this ordeal ordeal. Mm. And when Lee asked why he was detained, Officer Wallace responded, because I said so. After the unnecessary and illegal strip search, Lee was taken to the Brave Cave where he was subjected to further physical abuse. Now. There are striking similarities between Lee's case and that of Turnell Brown. Brown, a grandmother, was also detained by officers Lawrence and Wallace in June. Her complaint alleges an unjustified traffic stop, an illegal body cavity search, and an invasive um, examination by flashlight, all without any contraband or weapons found. Once officers were satisfied they released her, she and her husband filed a complaint at the BRPD headquarters where they were told that the officers had done nothing wrong and that her treatment was proper. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I I do want to say this, that Officer Lawrence uh, has has since resigned uh, after after these complaints came out i am tired uh, so they went through the system and the system told them oh we don't see anything wrong with that you know how terrifying that is that is right and 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 to have to have a police chief be a part of this lawsuit like that's that's kind of um scary as well because then 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 you know that this could possibly i'm just making connections here i didn't read this but this could possibly go Straight on up to the commissioner. Absolutely. Please. So then you're saying that the whole system from top down. That if the chief is in there, somebody higher than the chief also knows yeah, about this. It's it's that's a man. Big, that's that's a, I, I would bet I would bet the bank on that. Yeah. one. I really would. Yeah. So um, making making a turn here for for our our final story. This is just blame this on me because I put the uh, show order together. This. Probably should have been the first one, and 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 then we because he took me to hell, <laughs> and, and now, now we're supposed to celebrate. He right. get on my nerves. He do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, uh, I I am I am not showing my producer skills here. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. No, this is a good note to end on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it I'm is. just mad. That's all. <laughs> <sighs> so our our fifth story takes us to speaker box. Yes. And the love below. Happy Valentine's. Happy, happy <laughs> Valentine's. That's not now, but. Which then, one then, of y'all speaker boxes oh. hit me in the love below? <laughs> <laughs> Such a great Oh, album. yes, yes. So, so Big Boy and Andre 3000's fifth studio album as a duo has sold a total of 13 million records domestically, according to the Recording Industry Association of America. As of September 29th, dethroning Eminem's The Eminem Show. So this feat comes on the heels of the Diamond Certified LP celebration, uh, celebrating its 20th anniversary. When commemorating the moment, Big Boy flaunted a plaque on Instagram writing, Special delivery just in time for the 20th anniversary. Speaker box, the love below, over 13 million albums sold. So congratulations to them. And for those that don't remember this, because it was 20 years ago. Don't uh, say it like that. (laughs) I refuse to believe it. I I will not. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean. Look, if you don't remember, because who doesn't remember this album? It was just, amazing. Just, yes, yes. Uh, hey, y'all. Um, uh, the way you move. Um, that was a great yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. Prototype. Uh, I think I'm in love. Yeah, that was again. that was my jam. You are the prototype. <laughs> that song is. I had that on repeat for three months. <laughs> That's my ADHD. Three months. <gasps> Funny thing is, uh, uh, when 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 I was online, online for what? Don't worry about it, America. But <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was online, <laughs> that was my go-to to make the bros laugh. Yeah, you, you know, because you know how they moved. I hope that yes. I, oh, so cool. Yo, that that, that oh, such a 
such a work of art. Yes. Such a work of art. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, to talk about talk about some some points here. Um, despite rap's overwhelming popularity and impact on music, the Grammys have been slow to fully recognize the genre as worthy of their highest accolades, which includes Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Yep. The Album of the Year Award, which is given to the body of work or collection of songs that are deemed the most impressive by the Recording Academy, Hip-hop has only won two, and that's Lauryn Hill's album from, from her 1998 Miseducation of Lauryn Hill and Outkast for their 2003 double album Speaker Box and The Love Below. So I, I'm just thinking about like how many great, great albums like yeah. was never considered you know, um, for this award. And to go with uh, the going theme uh, for, for the show today is... Say it with me, folks. It's systemic. Man. <laughs> it's systemic. Now, um, leave me I, alone. Leave me alone, systemic. Leave me alone. Now you're beating me over the head with it, right, systemic. Leave right. me alone. But but this is this is just to show you, the listener, that that these systems go across yeah. multiple industries, multiple agencies. You know, it's just not in policing. Nope. It's in music. It's just not in music. Yeah. It's in science. It's That's just right. not in science. It's in social That's media. Right. You you know, so 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 next time, next time you you approach a friend or or somebody on Facebook and you say, Oh, well, you talk about race a lot. Oh, you talk about race too much yeah just realize that that this person lives in a country lives in, in a situation that they are constantly reminded i mean of every their race. second of the day yes i can't i somebody lord help me because <laughs> when i start we see how he we couldn't even get away from it in the celebration <laughs> oh my god um so like i am constantly reminded somebody was like why don't you just, why don't you just think about it just don't think about it mm. and i said just don't think about what tell me what you're telling me not to think about right i'll wait because you don't even know <laughs> you don't even know what it's like to be move around in this black body you yeah. have no idea yeah. so when people talk about and experience things because of being in this body you know, I love my, I love who I am. I yeah. love being black. But the experiences in this body are so starkly different from people who are do not have black skin. Right. And so it's brown skin, and and it's it's hard because folks think you're making it up. Mm -hmm. I had a, a a white man argue me down um, at Iron Hill Brewery in Hershey. He argued me down for an hour and a half mm. about how. Um, there is no such thing as white privilege. Oh, yes, and then you know, and and people gonna hold on to that for a long time, but white privilege is not that your life wasn't hard. Right. It's your life was not hard because you are white. Right. Did y'all hear that? Mm. It's not that your life wasn't hard. It's, it's that your life wasn't hard because of your whiteness. That's not why your life was hard. People don't like that sentence. They're no. like, hard is just hard. No. Oh. We people can have the same struggles. And be a person, and then they are multiplied because you are black. Right. They are multiplied because you're Hispanic. They are all they are they 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 show up differently, but they are amplified because you're Asian. Right. Um. If you are not white in the society, there are very different ways you have to approach life. Yeah. Overall, as a person who is not white, and people don't understand what that means. Right. If you are not a white male in the society, you are approaching the world at a deficit to begin with. And people hate to hear that. Yep. They don't like to hear it. They don't think it's true. You personally, Kamika, have gotten farther than me because you're a doctor. So how dare you say that I have white privilege? You're a doctor and I'm not. The one-to-one -one comparison right. also is not where it's at. Nope. That ain't it either. Nope. And just because one person out of a, a very large population has made an advancement, black women PhDs mm. are, are st even though we have more PhDs than some other ethnic groups, we don't have more than than white people overall. Not yeah. that that's what you want, but we don't even have a fraction. Right. And the, the numbers show that. Yeah. And yes, black women are the most educated in comparison to other black women, but they don't have as many accolades as as the wider society. So this one to one comparison never, never it works. never works. It never works. And this to me is what we say in all of it. Now that black and brown folks seemingly dominate sports and um, music and what else? Sports, music and what else? I'm guessing those are the big two. There's uh, one more. Uh, I don't know. I think it's sports and music, sports and music. for the most part. Mm -hmm. 
people see them dominating this they go it's it, it's equal yeah it's equal now you guys have gotten some awards you've gotten some things you should be very happy about it um when when they're not realizing when you zoom the lens out a little a, just a tiny bit music and sports are part of a much larger world yep and when you see a spike and a concentration over here in music and awards like you see music and sports like you've seen in our in the last generation and a half not even mm-hmm. maybe generation generation and a half I'll give it a generation and a half with people excelling that should tell you something right it's not telling you that black all black people want to do is that it's telling you that that's all that's where they see that they can be successful in our society and that's a, that, that's where they're seeing the the value. The, the value and the example. Yeah. If you're not seeing that everywhere else, if you're not exposed to that, what else do you think you could be? Exactly. You don't know. You have no idea. You're not seeing people be successful. In certain... I know black doctors. That's because my mother literally was like, here goes a black doctor. Here, here to go. Here go to black doctors. That mm-hmm. is not what most kids are seeing in their in their in their education, right. in their homes, and it's not because their parents don't want to show it to them. Maybe their parents don't know because of the the systemic ways of how people are taught about mm. what they could be. So people are like, oh, well, you, you guys are, it's, you guys got the music and the sports, and I'm always looking like, y'all know that that's not the, all, all there is to this world. Right. You know that. Right. So please don't sit here and tell me I should be happy just because I see some black folks being successful in music and sports. Right. That's not all there is to the world. And I have f- wonderful friends who've been successful in those areas, so shout out to them. Mm-hmm. But don't try to be like, well, y'all got, y'all black women are the most educated according to race. Yeah, and we still don't make as much money as a white man. Stop. Please, please don't do that to us. That part. So <clears throat> let's talk. <sighs> Systemic. <laughs> I seen it on a shirt. I seen it on a shirt. Um, <laughs> I love being black, but it's dangerous as F. <laughs> that part that whole part so we're gonna put a pin in it right there uh, I want to thank thank our cousin for always 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 dropping those nuggets of knowledge I actually just got uh, finished listening to one of the shows from two weeks ago um, and and the information the commentary um, your your nuggets of knowledge like man I've said it once I said it again this is the smartest thing on audio right now uh, and and Dr. K, you are very much appreciate, appreciated. Uh, before we head on out, anything uh, um, coming up? Black News Beat, anything? Absolutely. But first, I got to tell you what happened on Saturday. Oh, okay. I met Kerry Washington. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. How was that? It was amazing. She is the sweetest person. But let me tell you what I really like. So I got to talk a little bit about to her, a little bit about her book, Tora Harrisburg. But she said to me, and I quote, Kamika, look, is it, are you Kamika? Look at that dress. You came correct, Kamika. Ooh. Well, I'm going to take that quote with me to my grave, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And she was wonderful. Her, um... Her talk was wonderful, so we got to be a part of a meta creators group that got mm. to go to see the to, to, to her book stop in Atlanta at the Tabernacle. It was amazing. The worst part of the entire thing was Tyler Perry, not a great interviewer, but she was so illuminating. She was wonderful, mm. and her book is stellar. If you haven't read um, Kerry Washington's uh, Thicker Than Water, it is an excellent read. Mm. Uh, we also I'll be showing a little footage on the show, which is airing on Wednesday. Hey, uh, we're taping live at Open Stage. Shout out to my favorite theater, Open Stage. It is also Broadway World nomination season, where they're nominating different that's right yes theater shows. So I encourage you to see a show and also nominate your favorite um, your favorite production for awards such as Best Director, Playwright, etc. I want to shout out here Hair Story by Maria James hey. Chow. Um, we are we are feverishly nominating nominating her for Best uh, Director, Writer, and other awards that she could win for that choreo poem, Hair Story, which is a beautiful production. So that's what's going on with us. All right, all right. Well, the conversation continues on Wednesday with part two of this week's series. So make sure you come on back and download the program where we have a one-on-one discussion with our newsmaker. And then on Friday, we have our panel discussion and our monologue where we 
pull back the layer on a certain topic and we begin talking about it. One with my monologue where we talk about stats, statistics and, and all that. And then we bring on the experts to have their opinion on said topic. So, like I said, we're going to put a pin in it right there. And don't forget to check us out on Wednesday and Friday of this week. I'm Marquis Lupton telling you to trust your dopeness. Now enjoy these sounds. Put your body on me. Ha, 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 ha. Put your body on me. 